Hello, everybody. This is Donnie Wilson, and this is Murder and Malfeasance Podcast. And with me is the broadcast veteran for over 40 years and my good friend, Mr. Harold Presley. Hello, everybody. Thank you. Donnie, good to be here with you. It's great to have you, and it's uh, actually really great to maybe get this thing off the ground. It's been a project that has been on my mind for um, a while now, Mm -hmm. and Kept running into a few obstacles. Our good friend David Barron, who was going to be a contributor, uh, unfortunately passed away mm-hmm. a few months ago. And uh, we've had some health issues and some um, those kinds of things. So anyway, that's a good. Uh, pretty much gone, and we're going to get underway with, with this. All right. No reason to let life get in the way of this. And uh that's what that's what it's all that's what has been you know life has a way of making you slow down a little bit and it did with us so uh, but we're yeah. here to talk about something really cool I, I, I you brought this up to me I thought yeah I want to be part of this man we can talk about this because I, I remember when this all happened when all this stuff was going on well you know and the, the thing is it's uh we're not doing this out of any morbid uh yeah uh attitude or any anything like that mm-hmm. uh, because these types of crimes that I want to cover is there's something unique about them. Most of them are premeditated. They're not. They're not crimes of passion yeah. or or that sort of thing. And and that happens every day. But yeah. sometimes uh, things you just can't believe it when you hear about it. And these kinds of things have happened here in Brazos County and the surrounding area for a number of years. Yeah, you, you hear about all these things in the big city, you know, you know, New York, you know, the places like that, out in Los Angeles. And you think, well, that kind of thing's not going to happen here, right? Well, those things do happen here from time to time. So. Right, and we've uh, we've got uh, plenty of cases uh, to do and go through. And this first case is. Uh, about a guy, uh, his name was Stanley Allison Baker mm. Jr. The three and names there. There's always three names when there's a mur- when there's a mur- some kind of doc committing you, some heinous crime involved. You gotta have them. <laughs> <laughs> the three name guys: John Wayne Gacy, John Wayne Gacy, John Wilkes Booth, John Wilkes Booth, <laughs> you know, Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> right. So it's the three name thing is yeah. nothing new for yeah. sure. But anyway, on the night of September 28th, or the morning, I should say, this mm-hmm. this happened about 2, 2.30 in the morning, September 28th, 1994, uh, Stanley Allison Baker Jr. Uh, killed an employee of the adult video bookstore. His name was uh, Wayne Walters, and uh, he had gone in and robbed the place, and... Uh, then stole Mr. W- uh, Walter's pickup truck. And uh, mm. as I said, he was uh, a clerk in the uh, adult video store. And uh, he was uh, brutally gunned down, uh, which I will, you know, we will get into. Yeah. Uh, and I remember quite a bit of this crime since I was on the jury 
that uh, convicted him, and that is uh, one of the reasons we're starting off with this. Well, that's new information for me. I didn't know you were on that jury. You wow, didn't. you didn't. Uh, wow, I didn't. I didn't. I, I I did not know that. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. my Johnny Carson impression. There. It, it was 1995, <laughs> and yeah, uh, I wow. have told this story to uh, relatives and everyone over the years, and yeah. they were uh, just uh, astounded by it as well. Wow, how, how long was how long did the trial last? Do you remember? Uh, I want to say it was about five days. By five days, yeah, okay, about right. four or five days. Yeah, May, probably five days uh, if you include the punishment phase. The punishment phase. Yeah. So yeah. you you weren't were you part of that too as well? Uh, no, they I, have a separate right. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't know it at the time yeah, and, until yeah. after uh, the jury had or after the. Uh, defense and uh, uh, prosecution mm -hmm. rested and before the judge dismissed the jury uh, that's when I found out I was uh, you were not going to be part of that I was not going to be a part of that mm -hmm. which uh, uh, it's kind of disappointing you go through all of that and you hear all this information you, and you come you, to a decision you, and you do and I, and I wish I had gone back in the next day but I had a lot of work going on and, yeah. and I was behind so I got to it but yeah. uh, I was, there were a couple of people on the jury that I knew one of them I pretty much grew up with so mm. wow yeah, yeah it was uh, it was cool in one way and yeah. I'll get to the details in that but, all right uh, okay. uh, Let's talk about the adult video store. There is a big uh, story behind that, actually. Yeah. Um, I actually, actually remember that. I remember that adult bookstore. Right. It was like... A, and I'm not giving anything away by saying this. I, I may have gone in a time or two myself just to see what the place was like. You know, it was only for research purposes, people, so that I would know. <laughs> he went there for the ladies' night. That's it. Ladies' night. <laughs> and free parking. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, th th this thing was owned by a guy named Coyle, mm -hmm. and he had his fingers in the pornography business, not just here in, Col in Bryan College Station, but also in Houston and Dallas and places uh, oh, so like had, that. Around. He had a sprinkling all over. Right. And um, the district or the county attorney here jim kaboviak at the time you remember that guy? oh yeah i remember yeah. kaboviak yeah, real yeah. jovial guy Real big jovial didn't he have a big stash on him big mustache yeah 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 <laughs> you know. he did jim kaboviak <laughs> jim kaboviak yeah. deep voice yeah a big too. deep voice yeah i remember him and jim had uh been trying to get this place shut down for a, a number of mm -hmm. years and uh um and was and, uh, and for people that don't know, this place was right in the middle of town. Right, oh, right, right just, in the middle of College Station. Right, there. It's right just, in the middle. It's right there, just uh, uh, almost across the, from A and M. Yeah, you know almost I mean? near the, A and M. Almost at the corner of University in Texas. Yeah, so it was right there in the middle of town. Yeah, so, people know. remember where Julie's place is mm -hmm. or was, uh, which another crime happened there. Yeah. We'll get to that later on too. Yeah. Uh, but right next to it uh, was uh, the adult video store right across the 
street on the same side of Texas Avenue was the U-Haul trailer place. That's you right. Probably remember that U-Haul trailer place, that, and that place is still there, I think. Isn't it? I think so. Yeah, that, that U-Haul. Yeah, I believe. Place is still I believe there. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, this guy, you know, the murder happened in '94, mm-hmm. and I don't think the place. Uh, might check my notes here. I may not have it, but I think it was 2004 until it, it was shut down. Yeah, 2004. That's what and the guy uh, was uh, convicted, I think, by the IRS and uh, maybe uh, on some other charges too. I think there were they were more federal charges than they were anything local, and mm-hmm. uh, it caused them to close all of his businesses down throughout Texas. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I think he, and he was sentenced to like more than five years in federal prison for that. So right. Yeah. Racketeering, obscenity, fraud and income and tax evasion. So it was a lot of, uh, a plethora of things there. Oh yeah. He was, he had a three year old son and he was putting some of these businesses in, in the his name, name of oh, his wow. three year old <laughs> wow. son. Wow. Wow. Poor kid, when he probably grew up, he goes, I owe, I owe the IRS all this money. <laughs> he's getting letters from why well, I was three. I don't know anything about this, okay? It couldn't have been me, it I could swear. It have been me. Your honor, your honor. <laughs> so, but it was, uh, Kabobiak had stated that uh, he had tried, you know, they tried to bribe him. They threatened him, threatened his family. Oh wow, I didn't and know all so that. Forth. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He, wow. But he he stuck in there with it. So Wow. Uh so already the place, you know, it was also stated that nobody ever saw anybody that owned the place yeah. or management people that, that just came into town to deliver a new product and uh uh bring checks and pick up time sheets and yeah. that kind of stuff. And they whiz back out of town again. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, so on this night, uh, the night, the night, of the, the murder, right. Yes. The morning, actually morning, morning, early morning, uh, yeah. morning. Actually, he, mm-hmm. his plan was, and there's a point of contention, why he stopped at the video store, but uh, I'll get back to that. Um, he had walked from his apartment, which is on Pleasant Street in Bryan. If no one knows where that is, it's near where uh, the chicken oil company is. Yeah. Now, for people here that are listening from all over the world, of course, to, to, right. to it, that's, you know, we know where that is, but. What he's trying to point out is that it's it's you know it's not that far away from it you know from, from it's a Brian and conversation are kind of you know right up against each other right you know like that. So. But at the time, Win Dixie, where he was going or meant to go, mm-hmm. uh, so he walked a long about, way. It, it was about four miles. Yeah, he walked a long way from Brian so into conversation. It was. Uh, I checked the weather. I think the weather was even at that time in the morning was like uh, high seventies. I was going to say it's September in Texas. That's it's hot, people. Yeah, yeah for people who are hot. not from Texas. Yeah, that's not a cold time of the year at all. And he had walked all the way down South Collins to mm-hmm. uh, Avenue and hit University Drive. Took a left there and uh, had walked all the way up to Texas Avenue to the adult video store. Yeah. Now, I seem to remember uh, 
someone testifying at the trial that he had just gotten tired. Yeah. You know, and he oh, and stopped there and sweaty and stopped there. Ah. And uh, he had it in his mind that he was angry. He was going to kill everybody inside and rob the place and take the truck. Yeah. Well, he he did that. Yeah. But the point of contention was uh, that he went in there because he was tired and everything. Now, recently I've spoken to the uh, uh, detective, uh, former detective, mm-hmm. there, Donnie Andreski, mm-hmm. uh, who had told me uh, that I was wrong that he had just gotten tired there, that it was part of his plan to begin with. Oh, so he planned to, to have this long walk so that he would be physically actually tired and he could say that. Yeah, he was. He said he was going to take you know the truck and rob the place mm-hmm. and drive on to Win Dixie. Ah, okay. now. Um, and for people that are not, you know, uh, uh, this place again. This is adult bookstore. This is a bookstore that has we say bookstore, but it has videos in there. You can you know those little videos you could put quarters in. And watch that kind of thing. Yeah, they yeah. have little video machines in there. So when we say adult books, just adult video bookstore. And 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 if I'm not mistaken, this guy, the, the guy that got killed, he was the only one in. There. He was the only one. He, he was on the, that side, you know, uh, he, right, running he, the store by he, himself. He was the only one in the store at the time. Yeah, there could have been other patrons, but he was the only one actually in charge. Right, of the store. Yeah, and it was that early in the morning and stuff. And yeah. unless you're a truck driver or something, you're not like going to be in there. You're, you're not going to be in there. Yeah. So. Uh, so he went into the place, and as uh, I had found out or was told to us during the trial, he had a Winchester 12-gauge uh, wow. shotgun defender. If anybody's familiar with those, is mm. that uh, the 12-gauge uh, Winchester defender uh, normally doesn't have a stock. It has a pistol grip. Oh, okay, okay. And when uh, Baker entered the uh, store, he pointed the shotgun at Mr. Walters, and this is a robbery, and give me the money, and uh, I want the keys to your pickup outside. So he complied, but and after he complied, uh, Baker brought the gun up, fired the first shot, it hit him in the partially in the chest and mm-hmm. his uh his uh, uh is right side. Right side of his stomach abdomen. Right. Mm-hmm. And so at that point Mr. Walters was backing away uh, back toward the other part of the store. So he was a little farther away from Baker at the yeah. time. So Baker pulled the shotgun up and tried to aim it and pointed it. Bam. Mm-hmm. It came back and smacked the dumbass <laughs> smacked the dumbass right in the face. Now the the, the, the weapon did? Yeah. It hit him right it hit it, him. yeah. He and was it, aiming oh, it and then boom. Yeah. It had came, a kick to it, of course it, it hit came, him. Right. Yeah. Came back. Hit him in the teeth, chipped his tooth. Oh wow! And he started bleeding, but he didn't. Uh, he didn't stop there. 
he went behind the counter where uh, Mr. Walters was laying. So at and, this point, he hit him twice, right? Right. Okay. And then he went back to where he was laying, brought up the shotgun, and shot him in the head. Wow. Bam. Wow. Three times. Wow. So then he uh, took the truck and uh, took off mm -hmm. and went back to his apartment because he was no longer going to Winn-Dixie because his mouth was bloody. He had bled <laughs> all over his shirt. Lost part of his tooth. Or under, lost or part, chipped part of his tooth. Yeah. And uh, got some things from his uh, apartment and took off. So he had taken off and and uh, I'm trying to remember after talking to uh, former detective Andreski what time the first uh, people got on the scene, but they had realized right away that the truck had been stolen, so they put a, a, an all-points bulletin out to be on the lookout for this truck. Now, did somebody did, did somebody come into the place, like a patron or something, and saw it and discovered it? And uh, it you you know, I was uh, going to ask him that, 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 that and yeah. he had, couldn't recall at the time. It had he, to be something. I'm sure that must have been what happened, you know. Yeah, someone someone had to uh, know something was wrong. Yeah. So he uh, had gotten in the pickup and yeah. taken off and was headed toward San Antonio. Because he had lived in San Antonio at one time. I think his father was in the military. Yeah. And I think he was also in the reserves or something early. He was, uh, I think he was like 27 years old at the time. At the time, yeah. So uh, uh, there was a, uh, a state trooper. Mm -hmm who uh, worked in, I think it was Bastrop, at uh, the motor vehicle division there. He had heard it in the uh, All Points Bulletin and was driving, and he saw that truck pass him going in the opposite direction. Oh, so he, he was spotted. Okay. So he, right. he went down, and he... Uh, and how far Bastrop from here is, is about how long? How about long? 80 miles. About 80 miles. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, about so 80 miles and just past Bastrop. I okay. Think, All right. I think you could make a turn there that goes to uh, New Braunfels. Yeah. So you hit 35 and you can go all the way to But he was spotted about 80 miles from here. But he was spotted. First yeah, spotted, you know. About, the, about 80 miles from truck. here. Okay. All right. So the DPS trooper crossed over and started following him. Mm -hmm. And he followed about a... Uh, uh, about three quarters of a mile back and he kept coming and then he noticed the closer he got yeah. that Baker had pulled off the side of the road and, and went and stood at uh, the um, entrance or this gate to some property there. He, 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 I mean, he, he physically stood, he got out of the truck? Yeah, and was physically standing there. Okay. Just standing there. Was he? Did according he see, to the trooper. Oh, did he see a weapon or anything? And uh, no, not not at the time. Not at that time. Then uh, Baker went back and stood beside the truck on the passenger side, mm -hmm. and just stood there staring into the into the pickup. The trooper said he later figured out that 
Baker was trying to make a decision. Uh, Did he have enough time to open that door, get the gun. grab his gun, or not? And uh, he just kept standing there. So the trooper got closer, closer, had him get down on his knees, uh, then had him get face down, handcuffed him, and and then that was okay. it for that. Now part just of just it. just to be clear here, you said the tr- the trooper kept getting closer. So the trooper had gotten out of his vehicle. By this time. By this time. He okay. watched him for a good, good, a good long while, while until he got out. Yeah. And then he got and started walking towards him. Right. You know. So the trooper rightly concluded when he had him in custody and looked uh, he saw that, saw inside, he saw that weapon right there. Right there. Uh, right okay. there on the seat, that Winchester Defender, plus a uh, machete and some other weapons there wow. as well. And yeah, which was... Wow. Which was pretty, uh, which was pretty crazy. Well, so, he did his job. He was like, you know. Oh, he did. He, he did his job big time. He, he did, and they had taken him into the uh, the sheriff's office there in uh, I think it's Bastrop County. Bastrop yeah. County. And um, they had questioned him and so forth, and then you know they had gotten word by that time about the crime. Mm-hmm. And and so forth, and they I think preliminarily questioned uh, the guy, and I think it there was some contradiction about whether or not he was read his rights uh, that that came out in appeal, which oh, I, I, they're yeah. reaching they're probably reaching with straws there. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so what happened after they had taken him in custody, according to uh, former Detective Anjuski, he had uh, rode over to Bastrop and had uh, taken custody to bring him back to Brazos County. Mm. And uh, he said that he had said very few words uh, on the way back, uh, but... Uh, he did try to get some information from him and so forth, but I don't think it was very forth. Uh, it was very forthcoming. Yeah. Uh, until they had uh, gotten back to Brazos County. So um, now the trial happened. Uh, if I recall, it was July of 1995, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, all, all the thing, a lot of the things that we had just talked about came out at trial. Uh, one of the witnesses was a uh, an expert in DNA, and DNA was, you know, it wasn't new, but it was relatively new, mm-hmm. and so forth. So they had taken the blood. Uh, that he had bled on the scene oh, after yeah. he had chipped his tooth. So his DNA was all over that place. His, oh, his DNA was, was all over the place. Yeah. And um, so the the DNA expert, you know, had pinpointed it down mm-hmm. like the chances are one in something something billion that it wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be him. It's, it's, so it's it's him. Yeah. Now let me ask you this. I, I don't think we've we've said this uh, yet. But uh, his, his what was his plea? Did he did he plead not guilty? 
He pleaded not guilty, and I think— How in the world would you plead that? I mean, well, I, I, what an idiot. I think <laughs> I, in a capital murder case, Yeah, uh, I think David told me this, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that, you know, Detective Andreski is now an attorney himself. Yeah. That I think uh, in a capital murder case, you always they always plead him not guilty. Not guilty. Oh, okay. So, yeah. All right. So they go through a big trial. I mean, if you're going to put someone to death, and or even if they oh, so, so it was cap, it was capital murder. It's capital right. murder. Yeah, and people, and the people that are listening. You need to understand something. If you're going to kill somebody, you don't do that in Texas. Yeah, right. I mean, you just don't. Yeah, I mean, you don't, especially when you—if it looks like it's premeditated, like yeah. this is—you uh, certainly don't do that. You don't kill anybody anyway. Yeah, it's but, like <laughs> it's like Ron White says. You know, we're in Texas. Yeah, you know, we have an express lane. Express. <laughs> so, and especially now, because you don't know who's going to be armed. Now, you you never know. I mean, you don't want to do that in Texas. You, right. you just don't. You know, uh, absolutely. And. Uh, uh, Another thing at the trial that really stuck out with my mind, in my mind, and so forth, was uh, uh, they had the tooth, yeah. you know, in the evidence bag, and they had him uh, lumber over to the jury box. And, uh, they they had chains on him mm-hmm. then for that, uh, and had him open his mouth. And the prosecuting attorney took took that chip tooth and he put it in. And, and, oh my goodness! It fit, it fit right in perfectly. Oh wow! So this is something you, as a jury person, you saw this. Oh yeah, yeah you absolutely. Saw, saw him do this. It was right in front of me. I was uh, going, wow, this is this is uh, wow, this is something. It looks like it sounds like something out of a TV show or a movie. It that, does. That you don't think would happen in real life? You it, know, it does. <laughs> you know, and of course we. I uh, had to look at the autopsy photos oh, yeah. of Mr. Walter. That was that was a, a tough thing. You remember? And, do you remember how old he was? Uh, he, he was, uh, I think, forty. He's in his forties. Yeah, yeah, he was in his forties. I think early forty-four. Forty-four. He okay. was forty-four right. years old right. at the time, and his wife, I think, was a grad student at A and M. Oh wow! At, at mm. the time mm. as well. Yeah. And so that was tough, and yeah, you know, was, yeah. and she testified. Uh, it wasn't much for her to testify to, except that she, uh, you know, how long they've been married and so forth. Uh, they didn't have any kids. Uh, I guess she helped with the timeline, from, you know, saying that yeah, he went to work at this particular time. Right. Right. Know? Yeah. And uh, also one of the one of the saddest parts about that was yeah. uh, Baker's mother testifying she seemed like a wow a very uh sympathetic mm-hmm. meek uh person she was a petite woman red hair yeah and uh she just couldn't understand it yeah why he would do something like that yeah why, he would why do her it, son you know, would be do yeah this, you know and and you've got to realize too that as it came out in trial that he had never committed a crime of any type, anywhere. Wow, wow. Never been arrested, yeah. never put on probation and, and uh, that sort of thing. Wow. And it also came out, he was born in Paris, France. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, and I think if I recall correctly, his mother and father divorced when he was maybe eight or nine. Wow, okay. I think, uh, I believe it was something like that. Mm -hmm. I've tried to, uh, you know, get some information on his father and his military record, which I've been unsuccessful at. So, so you you say he was born in France. Was his was his mother French? Do you, uh, you remember that? No, no, she, she was she, she wasn't she wasn't uh, okay. French either. Okay. They were. Uh, he was stationed in Paris, and they had married before. Yeah. Oh, his father was space sta was was stationed, stationed there. there. Okay. All yeah. Right. Okay. All right. So he. Uh, wow. Uh, uh, so you know, divorce and all that kind of. Uh, and so he moved to the states his, with his mom, with his mother, with his mother, okay. or they may have both may already have both moved back. Moved back I, yeah. I'm not sure about yeah. that. But uh, yeah, it was. Um, that was a sad part, wow. too. Um, yeah, that'd be pretty gruesome to be on trial and have to look at photos like that because you have to look at them. I mean, that's you do, and uh, that's wow, mm. you do, and uh, yeah, not a pleasant experience. Yeah. I can tell you that. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, at trial, um, yeah. I think Detective Andreski testified uh, as to uh, you know the trip back and so forth, the mm -hmm. arresting trooper state trooper testified as well uh that's how i knew this the other details about his arrest but um also it came out that he had purchased uh that winchester defender shotgun at oshman's in the mall oh i remember that. I remember oshman's yeah, yeah the yeah the yeah. um uh, sporting goods store. Sporting goods store, yeah, in the mall. Yeah, I remember that. And also, uh, they had a receipt for that and a receipt for the ammunition. He also, when he was arrested, had, uh, you know, I, I've read articles, they called them fatigues, but no, they were cargo pants. Cause cargo pants. He, had, he oh. had a lot of pockets. Oh, okay. And so you carry all this stuff stuffed in. into one of those pockets were surgical gloves. Wow. That he didn't did he wear those? During, uh, he during the crime. He did. He did. Didn't do a damn bit. He didn't good. do any good because he got his, <laughs> he busted himself in the mouth and his teeth and you know blood are all over the place. Right. Didn't do him a damn bit of good. So anyway, um, uh, let's see, is there? Oh, another intriguing thing uh, to me. Yeah. As the prosecution was laying out the case, they also uh, laid out uh, the shirt that Mr. Walters was wearing when he was shot, which was in tatters and there was dried blood and, and so forth. But after they, uh, after they presented it as evidence, yeah, they put it on a mannequin. Now, which. <laughs> I don't know if this was on purpose or not, but they took this mannequin and put it on the side of the courtroom. Now, from the jury box, you could not look at the defendant without seeing that mannequin with that bloody shirt on right behind right him. Right behind him. I'm, I'm sure that was on purpose. <laughs> oh, I'm absolutely, I, have, I would say 100% that they designed that to happen that way <laughs> i was thinking to myself that is brilliant that's that's yeah that's, yeah these attorneys they get paid a lot of money yeah. but that's why that's how they earn it you know like I, that i know? don't know if that was little bill turner's uh idea <laughs> or not but uh 
Yeah, wow. the prosecution was Bill Turner and Margaret Locke, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, Bill was um, a pretty successful prosecutor for a number of years. Yeah, I remember. I remember yeah. The judge at the time was J.D. Langley mm-hmm. during this trial. Langley, judge for a long time. Yeah, uh, yeah for a, for a good while, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the defense attorney was uh, Bruno Schimmick. And I can't remember the other attorney's name off the top of my head, but uh, I'm sure that they did what they could. Yeah. Uh, from what I understand, before a trial like this happens, there are uh, pre-trial motions galore uh, yeah, from sure. both sides, and especially when it comes to. Uh, some of the evidence, how it was collected, mm-hmm. you know, was it tainted? And they request uh, that this not be entered into trial. Yeah. So I'm sure the things that we had seen had survived uh, pretrial motions by the defense. Uh, and the reason I say that is that. Uh, after they had found him guilty, as I probably mentioned this before, there are two phases to the trial. Yeah. There's one to establish guilt or innocence, and then the, the next part is the punishment, punishment phase. phase. Yeah. So I believe during the punishment phase, uh, they we got to see everything that they couldn't put out during the trial itself. Now, a number of these things were... Uh, uh, some handwritten things, and he had written a resignation, profanity-laced resignation letter to his boss at Winn-Dixie. Oh, so that's where he worked. Really, what's it, what's uh, it, yeah, I'm sorry if I didn't say that. He okay. had worked there, and yeah. they had put him on the night shift, as I recall the uh, – his boss at the time testified that he didn't get along with the rest of his coworkers very well. And so he moved him over to the mm. night shift. Evidently that really set him off because he didn't have a, or couldn't catch a ride for the night shift or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he, uh, he quit. And so he was going to go back to Winn-Dixie, kill his boss, and anyone that was in there. Wow. So that was included uh, in the evidence at um, at the end. Also, uh, there were ranting letters uh, against gays, blacks. Wow. Uh, this, no. I don't know, fudge sickles and teenage loose <laughs> women. <laughs> so this guy was... He was he, he was, was messed up. He, 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 he was. He had blo- yeah, he had blown he blown a cork and he, he was gone. I mean, it wasn't bringing him back, man. Right, and he he was so weird about it. I mean, is wow. I guess you could say no. He he showed no remorse. It was like at all. I know. Know, yeah, I'm on trial, and I'm you know I'll probably get the big shot or something, yeah. but I don't care. And he was like you know, and I'm sure the defense they knew what case they had, and like we were saying before. You know, you said that's automatically, uh, you know, not guilty plea. But they, I think, their goal was to keep him alive for him not to die. That that's had to be their only goal, 
what's okay. Let's, let's for get the him defense. Yeah. For the defense. That's right. Just, you know, right. Keep, uh, you know, to keep him, keep him out of, you know, the lethal injection. And we'll, you know, that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. It had the, to be. The evidence was overwhelming. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Just what we've talked you. about here is overwhelming. And, that, and that's not all of it. I'm, you know, yeah. it's like, you, you know. <laughs> so uh, there was, um, you know, those things, his writings and, yeah. his, you know, he was raving on and everything. And, and actually, what that reminds me of, Harold, is uh, mm-hmm. what are the attitude that these kids who have committed uh, shootings in school? Oh yeah, uh, mm-hmm. you know that uh, finally just go off the deep end. And I don't know if he was uh, bullied or in school mm-hmm. or any of that kind of stuff. That that never came out. And it's just so. amazing to me that, that you know, uh, him and, like you just talked about, people uh, that lose it. Because I remember, and I'm sure you do too, you know, I remember growing up, and, and I've talked about this with other people before, but the most that could happen, the worst thing that could happen when you were growing up is you got into a fight, okay? Mm-hmm. You maybe threw a couple of fists, or maybe, at the worst, somebody might pull a knife. But yeah. they didn't use it. Right. You know, they didn't yeah. use it. Yeah. Now... It's just like you you don't know what's gonna set somebody off and they go home, get a gun, come back and just, just start popping everybody. Yeah. And like and this guy sounds like he's one of those people. I'm going like, yeah. what is wrong, man? What, what you know, the hell? I, you know? I found out early. I I, I don't know if it was my dad or my grandpa or anything. You don't run from from this. Mm-hmm. Especially at an early age if you're bullied. Yeah. Go ahead and fight, 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 fight. Yeah. Because once you get a reputation that you're no pushover. Yeah, they, they are, won't mess with they're you. They're not gonna mess. They, they with will you. not mess with you. They, yeah, yeah, I learned that too. I learned that. Yeah, you're yeah. right. They won't so, mess with you. They won't. You know, or other kids will go, man. You don't want to mess with him. Yeah, or, yeah, or that kind of thing. Well, yeah. yeah, and you know, and I took up for some friends and yeah. brothers of friends and stuff like that. Yeah. And sort of there was sort of a part of me that went, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, come on. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah. And like you said, this guy—you don't know what happened in this guy's life to to get him to this point. I don't, because something had to happen. You don't just wake up and one day, boom! I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna kill somebody. I'm just gonna yeah. go, you know, shoot my boss. Or what, and, something happened. And I was going to bring a. That's psycho- not an excuse, but no. still, you know. I was going to bring a psychologist on board, maybe yeah. for some well, future things. Maybe a future one we can we do will. that. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. And uh, so, anyway, getting to. Uh, he was found guilty and sentenced to death. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, didn't seem all that disturbed by it. And he, uh, went and sat on death row for, uh, uh, a few years. Mm-hmm. And he had had an interview with, with someone uh, I can't remember the media outlet or anything. Mm-hmm. He had said uh, that he just really don't know what happened. He just that was his excuse. He, 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 I don't know what happened. I, I just went crazy, you know. Wow. And uh, and he said, but I am looking forward to the last meal. That's Not so much <laughs> what comes after that, but he's looking forward <laughs> to, to the, the last, last meal. meal. Wow, I, I know. I mean, you know, he had to know. I mean, I mean, 
it's one thing to just for it to be like instant. You just do it right then, you know. Right. And you just you just you know lose lose your mind. You just boom. I'm just gonna do it. But this guy sounds like he like he was pre he planned it. Right. He had to go out and buy the gun. He had to go get these weapons. He had to do this and do that all the way up until the point he actually committed this crime. I mean, so that to me doesn't sound like that's not a, that's not an inst instantaneous type of thing at all. You no. Know? And going back to the documentation they found yeah. that he had written and so forth, uh, uh, he also wanted to kill uh, President Bill Clinton. Oh, brother. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, together, together with his plans to go on a murder spree akin to notorious serial killers Charles Whitman, Steve Judy, Richard Speck, Juan Gonzalez, Wayne Nance, yeah. Michael Wayne Johnson, mm. Teofilo, Philo, Medina, whoever that is, Patrick Sherrill, and Jerry McFadden. Yeah. Wow. So I'm telling he, you. He, want, he wanted to be remembered in some way. Yeah. You know, yeah in some that, way. That's what I get. You know, out and of these it people, well. I'm going like, really? That's what you want to be remembered for? Yeah. You know, okay. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. And like I said, when he went to uh, death row. Uh, uh, the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals upheld a conviction and sentence on May of 1997, and all his subsequent appeals in state and federal court were denied. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah, like I said, what he said before, I was really depressed at the time. I just wanted it to end. It's weird the way it happened. I just went insane. He goes, and I'm glad it's over. I'm looking forward to the last meal, but not the part that comes after. after. And he laughed. Unquote. Wow. And That's... he laughed. And let's talk about Wow. It. Let's talk about his last meal. Yeah, what was it? it? I'm curious to, you know. What, what his last meal request was two 16-ounce ribeye steaks, a pound of thinly sliced turkey breast, 12 <laughs> strips of bacon, Two large hamburgers with mayonnaise, onion, and lettuce. Two large baked potatoes. Four slices of cheese or a half pound of grated cheddar cheese. <laughs> a chef's salad with blue cheese dressing. Two ears of corn on the cob. One pint of mint chocolate chip ice cream. And four vanilla Cokes or Mr. Pibbs. Wow. <laughs> Whether or not it was granted... Yeah, uh, all that I don't know. I think but my the, I think my colon just exploded just hearing all that. Man. I know, it, <laughs> oh my goodness! But he didn't care. Said, well, I guess if it you're was, going out, you know. Yeah, it was going to explode anyway. Yeah. Um, so, but I have heard, and I think this is true, that the Texas Department of Corrections no longer grant a last meal. Oh, they don't like that. No. Wow. Uh, wow. So. His last words, Harold, yeah, was, what? well, I don't have anything to say, so let's go. And uh, when the warden asked if he was sure he had no last statement, he said, I'm just sorry about what I did to Mr. Peters. That's, that's all he said. Well, I mean, Mr. Peters was not the victim's last name. Oh, that's right. That's not his. <laughs> <laughs> Who was he referencing? Does anybody know? Everybody just kind of kind of uh, what? That's not the guy you killed. I mean, but but you know. I'm I'm telling you, him doing that fit his attitude. Yeah, it's like 
there's one little barb yeah. or one little thing that I can put in here at the end. So you know? he never once showed any remorse. Never. To, up until the time, you know. Never. I, he, I, I think he was uh, mentally... I had just given up on mm. life, I think, maybe way before any of this happened. Yeah. You know, if you really want to know the truth. And I don't know where all that was coming from, but it sure makes you think. You know, yeah. and, and you know, the one person I feel sorry for in all of this, outside of the victim, of course, you know, right. is, is his mother. I really oh, feel bad for her, you know, that she gave birth to this guy. And, you know, she's got to, she had to live with that. For the right. rest of her life, you know. Right. I mean, wow. I mean, that's that's sad. Man. Absolutely. That's... I, I I felt as bad for her as I did uh, the victim's wife. Yeah. You know, I did. It was a, a very very sad yeah. thing, and and I know I've probably missed some points in all of this, but uh, I believe we covered it pretty well. Uh, a little later on, I'm going to put my uh, the. Uh, Email address for the podcast in here, mm -hmm. and uh, now anybody people, that wants to respond can. Yeah, and, I'm, uh, I'm curious uh, if people want to, you know, find out more about this particular case. Uh, is, where, where can they go to do that? Uh, I think there are some websites. Uh, gosh, are I can't. they Brazos County? I guess no, search the Brazos County court no, cases. No, oh, they're, they're not. They're, they would be. I mean, to get more information, mm -hmm. you'd have to get. If you wanted the trial transcript, that kind of first thing. of okay. all, I think it costs a hundred. Yeah, well, nobody's gonna pay for that. You know. yeah. And they don't guarantee when they're going to give it to you, or, <laughs> or get it for you. It, it could be you. six months, could be a year. So, wow, I okay. don't know. There's some more investigation I want to do in that. Uh, so when we find that information, we'll pass that along as well. Yeah, we'll pass that along as well. And uh, there are some websites yeah. if you just. Google Stanley Allison Baker Jr. Yeah. You will you uh, see some things and get some information that comes Stanley up. Stanley Allison Jr. Right. And uh, I'm sure. That's Stanley St Baker Allison Jr. Uh, uh, no. No, Stanley Allison Baker. Is that what Right. Yeah. yeah. Stanley and, Allison so Baker. if they Google them, I'm sure there's some uh, old KBTX uh, things and articles that will come up as long as the uh, the Eagle itself. And. Uh, Possibly, I think there is a, a website uh, also in Texas that uh, brings up, uh, uh, you know, perpetrators of murder and uh, malfeasance. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. And So he uh, ended up, um, after he had called Mr. Walters by uh, the wrong name, <laughs> Yeah, uh, he, he said, wow. "Yeah, Mr. Peters." He said, "That's all," and uh, then he said, "My arm feels cold. I have some pain in my left arm. I guess that's the poison." Oh, had they had, had they already started by that time? Uh, I guess. Ap yeah, after, after he, had he made after that he finished statement. Talking. Yeah, and then he coughed, gasped, slightly wheezed, and was pronounced dead at 6:19 p.m. Mm. So that was in 2002, and I remember hearing about it and, uh, when he was executed. And, uh, and I gotta tell you, it didn't make me feel good. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. 
So. It would have been a tough one to be. That would have been a tough trial to be on. I, I've never. I've been on trials before, juries before, and it, one jury I do remember where we had a, a case like that, but it was attempted murder case. Yeah. This guy was charged with it, and uh, he definitely did it. And, and uh, we found him guilty, but we were also we did the punishment phase too. We just had to we had to go back in and they told us give us information and here's what you can they give us you know right. consider yeah. and yeah and and the we, only reason yeah. I wasn't in the yeah. punishment phase uh, was because I was an alternate and ah, I'd, I'd been a, a jury trial before in a drug case yeah uh, back in eighty nine or ninety I want to say something like that and so I was in on the uh, the whole thing the whole shebang yeah and i gotta tell you it's tough trying to figure out what it is it is not only are you dealing with yourself and in your mind to uh determine in your own mind about guilt or innocence is sometimes you got to fight with other jurors yeah if you if you're gonna stand exactly if you're gonna stand your ground and not be bowled over and go one particular direction you have to stand your ground, you know, or, you know, and not give up because, oh, everybody's hungry and, oh, yeah. I want to get back to my job or, oh, I want to go to my kids or anything like mm-hmm. that. You know, my advice would be if you're on a jury and you feel that strongly about it, that uh, they didn't reach reasonable doubt in your mind, then you then you vote your conscience. Yeah. You know, stand your ground. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. That's what it's all about. It yeah. is, and that's that's what the process calls for, and that's what's needed. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so uh, I've enjoyed uh, talking with you about this. And yes. Like I said, if uh, I'll, I'm going to put the, our podcast email address, if you have any other questions, and we will get to those and. Also, an interesting thing that came out in talking to uh, former Detective Andreski is he said, man, that was a weird week. I mean, that <laughs> this was, this was uh, I think he said it was Wednesday uh, on September 28th, yeah. Tuesday or Wednesday. And he said in that uh, by the end of the week, they had another murder in College Station uh, where uh, an intruder had broken into a house and uh, killed a girl who lived there. And it turned out he had asked this girl on a date uh, several times. And it's a very sordid story, and we're going to get to it. Uh, and Andreski said that, you know, they were... Man, they were they were busy that week. Wow, they were busy. That was that was in a week's period, week, and, week's time. Okay. Yeah, and chasing evidence on that case. Well, was, I'm looking looking forward to hearing about that one. Was very challenging. Yeah, I believe Schumacher was the uh, uh, perpetrator's name, and um, so we're going to get to that. And we promise that it's not going to be anywhere near as long as it's been getting this out here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, this is Donnie Wilson with Murder and Malfeasance with my good friend, 
Harold Presley. Harold Presley, and man, it's great having you here doing great. this. I hope, I hope you let me come back again and do this with you. Man, I, you know, it just glided by. Yeah, it did. You know, I well, was. I love hearing about all this stuff, and it's great. And I'll be—I look forward to coming back, and we're talking about another one. Well, it's—it's it's interesting things, so we'll do that. So, uh, this is murder and malfeasance. Good night. You may email us your questions and comments at murder and malfeasance podcast at gmail dot com. That's murder and malfeasance podcast at gmail.com no spaces all lowercase